I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. It's time for the North Shore Drive podcast, the Wednesday edition. I'm Chris Carter here with Ray Fittipato. We're both of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. We got to talk about what Kenny Pickett said in, report to, in response to the rumors that have been floating around Pittsburgh. I want to get Ray's react, reaction to that. And we got to talk about how Mason Ruff is impacting the offense, not just necessarily by him throwing the ball, but how it's helping everyone. Also, Steelers rookies. It's been, it was a strong class that everyone was excited about going into the year. How have they lived up to the hype? That and more here in the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Let's get into it. You are now listening to the North Shore Drive Podcast, a show on all things Pittsburgh sports from the writers of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, hosted by Christopher Carter. Hello, welcome to the North Shore Drive Podcast on the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Ray Fittipaldo, one of our esteemed Steelers beat writers here at the Post-Gazette. You can get all of our written content at post-gazette.com. You can find all of our podcasts on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoy it. Subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all of the daily content that comes out from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, as well as the Monday, Wednesday, Friday, sometimes Saturday episodes of the North Shore Drive Podcast. As always, this show is brought to you by Mike's Beer Bar, the best bar in all of Pittsburgh. Mike's Beer Bar is the place you got to go to right right now if you want if you want to experience the best bar in Pittsburgh. They have over 500 different available beers. 300 of those beers are local, and 80 of those local beers are available on tap. They all always got new ones cycling in and out. Try Mike's Beer Bar today. More on them later. Ray, safe to say we did we we did not have a free New Year's while well, you, you you were traveling, so you had, you you still had to do handle handle you know kind of just moving across the country from Seattle back to Pittsburgh. But while you were traveling, there was a, a lot of talking going on about Kenny Pickett and what he did or didn't do as far as him being inactive uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And uh, he kind of he, he kind of made a point uh, to, to to open up the locker room availability before practice uh, on Tuesday with a well, I think with a pretty strong statement about what he thought, what he thought about uh, the rumors that were swirling around town. What was your reaction to just how he handled that? Yeah, I would agree. I think it was very forceful, um, you know, defense denial of what was being said out there. I mean, I, I won't even say reported. Well, I guess there was one print report, but, you know, pretty much the, the rest of it was on um, social media. <laughs> you know, excuse me. So, you know, I, I think he, he did what he felt like he had to do to protect um, his character. Of course, when you think about it, you know, that's you know, for anyone in the NFL to refuse to play or refuse to dress, um, it's pretty much career suicide. And yeah. especially for a quarterback, a leader of a football team, um, you know, that would just be extremely out of character for anyone who was, um, you know, brought up to play that position. So, 
Um, it never really made a lot of sense to me, but like you said, I was traveling across the country and uh, thankfully I wasn't really kept abreast of everything that was going on until I landed. Yeah, yeah thankfully you, you're just like, let me, let me just fly in peace yeah, uh, as, as I deal with that layovers and such. But uh, let, let's hear, let's real quick here, what Kenny Pickett did say, because he, he kind of made an opening statement without even getting into questions uh, about the situation. Here was Kenny Pickett uh, yesterday in the Steelers locker room. It started, I saw reports out there that I feel like we're attacking, you know, my character and how I am as a person, not even getting into a player standpoint of it. Um, there was no talk of me being a backup quarterback this week in terms of being a two. Um, if I was healthy enough to play and the trainers and coaches felt like I would look good enough to play, I was going to start and play. Um, if they believed that I was not, which they believed I was not, I was not going to dress and suit up for the game. Um, so whoever reported that, I don't know where it started. Um, it's kind of crazy what people were write and put out there um, to try to you know, prove their point or help their standpoint or their careers and, and what you guys do. Um, but, you know, disappointing to see that uh, without any proof or basis of it. So this week I'm out the two. They feel good four weeks out of the surgery uh, for me to dress and be the two. So I will be the two and do what I have to do to be ready to go for Baltimore. So if there's any other questions about that, um, I feel like I answered it pretty good there. Is there anything else? Is there any Baltimore questions that we get on the Baltimore? So you never had any. So so right there you have that. Also, apologize for the background noise. We had Steelers players playing cards like right next to us. That was uh, tough to get, keep that audio out. But, um, you know, you, you hear Kenny Pickett's response there. One, I want to point out because some people are, are, are doing this, are lumping in Jerry Dulac with this. Jerry's only Jerry's report was just that, hey. Kenny Pickett is healthy and inactive. He did not say anything about him turning down the number two spot or anything like that. Um, that's 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 not what that's not what Jerry Dulac said. That those rumors came from uh, from other things. And in fact, I, I think Jerry's reporting, which was accurate, that he was healthy at, at the at the end of the week. Um, and Mike Tomlin even acknowledged as such, like, hey, it wasn't about day of; it was about the week of where he wasn't healthy until you know late, later in the in the week. Um, so I think I think Jerry's reporting is what caused speculation, and then for the, and then people started you know poking around in their own in their own corners and coming up with these types of things. But to your point, Ray, it it wouldn't make much it wouldn't make sense at all if Kenny Pickett was just was told, "Hey, we need you to be ready as the as the number two quarterback today," and he said no. Not only for Mike Tomlin, because Mike Tomlin's a man who says, I don't deal with hostages, I want volunteers. That would put you at odds with the head coach who's been with the, with the franchise for the past 17 years. It also put, put you at odds with the locker room, who saw Mason Rudolph back you up and support you for the last two years, who uh, while well, he's been the veteran, and you know for him to, for for you to and then he throws puts out two thirty point performances, and then you don't support him. I could see that being a divide in the locker room. I just I don't think that even if Kenny Pickett thought that he would I, I think that he would have the foresight to be able to right. not do something like he's been, been accused of. I mean, it doesn't mean that Kenny Pickett couldn't have been upset last week. I mean, right, exactly. For those of us who were in the locker room, we saw that interaction with the media last week, um, midweek. I mean, he kind of came across, um, you know, as a guy who wasn't happy with his current situation. And that's fine. I mean, Mike Pro Mike Tomlin acknowledged that, you know, basically saying, hey, everyone's a competitor. Everyone wants to play. That's, you know, that's part of being in the NFL. Also part of being in the NFL is accepting your role and doing what's best for the team, depending on, um, you know, the team circumstances and, and what's happening. So um, I agree with you. It would be monumentally stupid for Kenny Pickett or any other player <laughs> to do that. So, um, you know, that's kind of where I fall on on the entire matter.
I, I think that's the bottom line here. It doesn't. We don't need to necessarily dig too deep into this because that's 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 the bottom line. We're we're looking at looking at at a guy who is trying to prove himself as a quarterback. The, uh, he got hurt. Another guy came in and has played very very well. And this is an offense that hasn't seen very well quarterback play for for a while. And I think that now the Steelers want to ride that hot hand. It's that simple. It, it's not. It doesn't need to be that complicated. Yeah, Chris. I mean, it's not like he's Ben Roethlisberger and can come in and hobble around and right. give you a winning performance. It's like, okay, Kenny Pickett, um, six touchdowns, six interceptions, whatever his numbers are on the season. Yeah. It's it's not anything that would say you need to get back into the lineup. So there's there had to be some self awareness there about that too. But like I said, hey, he's allowed to be upset. He's a first round pick. Maybe he feels like he has that status, but um, not to the point where you would refuse to to be a backup quarterback. Absolutely. I want to talk about Mason Rudolph because, uh, you know, I think that he's done a lot to kind of let every other part of the offense start to feed off of each other. And that's something the Steelers offense has absolutely needed. I'll talk about that with Ray on the other side of this first break here on the North Shore Drive podcast for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Chris Carter, Ray Fittipato. But first, we'll remind you, this show is brought to you by Mike's Beer Bar, the best bar in all of Pittsburgh. Go to Mike's Beer Bar today. They're right on they're right on Federal Street, on right across the street from Fancy Park when you go to the North Shore, and they're the best bar. Why? Because, one, if you want to get your sports fix, they have over 20 televisions. You can even book a table, reserve a table with a specific TV tuned in to your game. If you want to watch the college football championship, college basketball, NBA, NHL, Steelers or NFL playoffs, whatever it is, you can do that. In fact, it's a great idea for this this Saturday if you want to watch the Steelers game there. And then this Sunday, if you want to make sure that you're following all the right playoff games the Steelers need to happen if they want to make the playoffs. So do that at Mike's Beer Bar. And while you're there, you can try over one of 500 different available beers. 300 of those beers are from the local Western Pennsylvania area. 80 of those local beers are available on tap. And they're always switching one, new ones in and out so that you always have new options. You can also try their Steak on a Stone, which is an awesome meal that you can get your choice cut of steak brought to you on a heated stone. That All you have to do is cut a piece off, press into the stone, and you can choose how well done you want every single bite of your steak. It's the best bar in all of Pittsburgh. Get down to Mike's Beer Bar for your sports fix and experience the best bar in Pittsburgh. And when you get there, Tell them, Chris sent you. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. We're back here in the North Shore Drive podcast. Chris Carter, Ray Fittipato, Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Uh, Ray, let's talk about Mason Rudolph because it's not just that he's throwing the ball all over the yard because he's not, but he's been able to make enough of the right throws that have allowed other guy, other parts of the offense to find success. Uh, George Pickens over 200 yards 
in his last uh, – actually, over 300 yards, excuse me, right? Because he had a, what, 195 and then 131. So it's over 300 yards of offense in the last two games. But also, you saw the running backs for the Steelers get over combined over for over 200 yards uh, against the Seahawks. You saw Pat Frymuth go from not receiving a single target as a decoy against the Bengals to getting about 40 yards uh, against the Seahawks. And you're seeing the balance in the Steelers' offense, a balance we haven't seen in quite some time. And I think that is the big key that Mason Rudolph brings is he's able to just take what's there and allow other guys, the playmakers of the Steelers' offense, to be the big playmakers. And I think that that's a world of difference for this team. Yeah, I think the running game was there in spurts um, for Kenny Pickett. Um, you know, Mitch's two-game small sample size, I don't recall. I don't think the running game was great there. But, you know, I think the point is, Chris, that um, if you have a good running game and your quarterback can put your receivers and your tight ends in positions to get yards after the catch, you're going to be a much better offense. So we saw that on one of Mason Rudolph's first throws as a starter, you know, a little um, slam pass to George Pickens, but he led him in the right way and Pickens was able to catch it in stride and turn that into a long touchdown. And I, he, he's, he's continually done that. And, you know, kudos to Mike, uh, Mike Sullivan and Eddie Faulkner, for scheming it up that way too, but there was that crossing route to Deontay Johnson in the Seattle mm-hmm. game where he was wide open, um, and, and Mason put it on him. He had to stretch his arms a little bit, but he caught it and he got yards after the catch. And even above and beyond that, if you want to just look at Mason's willingness to stand in the pocket, yep. Um, that where George Pickens made the highlight real catch, um, but he let Mason let that play develop hung in there, threw it kind of off his back foot, and he just put it out there and George made a play on it. So all that stuff adds up. Um, but, you know, there, there's a definite direct correlation between Mason Rudolph's play and why this offense is finally looking like, um, you know, a, an NFL caliber offense. And even better than that, you know, 34 points um, in the Cincinnati game, over 30 points again in this game, you know, could have been even more if Najee Harris didn't slide down there at the end uh, to let the, the the clock run out, you could have what 37 um, mm-hmm. in that game. So um, yeah, the, the offense is playing well overall, but Mason Rudolph has played a huge role in that. I think. And I think that it's um, I think that it's 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 interesting to see how everyone kind of feeds off of each other and how everyone's playing well, and also the offensive line, like you said, like when he's able to when he's able when he's able to make the throws that he makes it's preventing defenses from just jumping up to the line of scrimmage. And I, I, again, I said this for years. I mean, literally since Najee Harris was, has been drafted when he was drafted, everyone knew that Ben Roethlisberger was old and he did not have the big arm that he used to have. Everyone knew that even, every, even when he was, after he was gone, Kenny Pickett, Mitch, Mitch Trubisky, they had, they did not, they were not going to be deep ball quarterbacks that crushed you throughout a game. If you just pressed the line of scrimmage. And I think that has slowed down the Steelers running game that they, they were hoping would take off. Uh, a lot sooner than than it, than it has, and Mason Rudolph simply by coming in and making the throws that are there and giving his receivers chances and just making good decisions in the past two games has showed has showed what happens when defenses have to honor something else, and when they have to honor that, then all of a sudden it gets a bit easier to make those throws because now, as you saw on that fourth down play, or not the fourth down, excuse me, fourth quarter play uh, when the Steelers uh, came out. They got the ball back, and Mike Tomlin opted to be aggressive. And if you saw inside the NFL this week, you saw the sideline clips of him saying, no, let's be aggressive. Let's go. Let's attack. They're playing the run. And first play, instead of running, trying to run the clock out, 
Mason just stops, pops, sees George Pickens one-on-one, hits him with a slant, and it's a first down, and the, and the Steelers move the chains, and that helps them wind out the clock. That kind of stuff only happens because of the running game, but then the running game happens because you're hitting on the pass game because the, the Seahawks, uh, a bad run defense, weren't able to commit their whole team to the running efforts all game long. I, again, that, that's, that's, what, that's what simply doing that can, can help. I, I did this on another show. I compared Ryan Tannehill – joining the titans back i think it was like maybe 2018 or 19 whenever he joined the titans and derrick henry he did not have like great numbers but when he came in he wasn't spectacular he wasn't amazing but he got you competent quarterback play and that alone allowed derrick henry to become the king henry that everyone became came to know and fantasy football star and all the things that he did because teams had to honor at least a little bit of what the passing game did for tennessee i think that's what mason rudolph's doing here and if he keeps doing that I think it makes the Steelers a very formidable team. Yeah, I mean, that's what makes good offenses um, productive, if you think about it. You know, those Tennessee teams um, weren't prolific teams back in the day, but there was like, what, a three- or four-year stretch where they were constantly in the playoffs and they were a dangerous team once they got there, Um, you know, not only because of Derrick Henry, but because Tannehill could make some plays with his arm and with some legs, uh, with his legs as well. So – uh, I, I think that's a pretty good comparison. Um, you know, this this Mason Rudolph uh, thing. I, I don't know how long it's going to last. You know, you know, Jake Browning looked really good for three games, Chris, and then he played the Steelers again, and he came back down to earth. And he was still back down to earth um, in that Chiefs game this last week when they were knocked out of playoff contention. So this sometimes happens with backup quarterbacks. Um, but hey, as long as he's playing at this level, and as long as he stays hot, Steelers have to ride him. They haven't had this kind of quarterback play mm-hmm. in a long time, and I, I think they owe it to the people in that locker room, the you know, the, the players who are on that team, to to ride that hot hand as long as it continues. And and back to Kenny Pickett, I think he understands that. Like, I think he gets, like, as, as frustrating as it is, and yeah. he, he, he also talked about, like, you know, hey, I, I do want the ball, like, and like, like, listen, it's no, it is frustrating for Kenny Pickett, a guy who, when he started and finished a game this year for the Steelers, they were seven and two, and that he gets hurt, and then they go through a struggle, and then all, and he's just about to get back, and now they're fighting for their playoff lives, and he can't do anything about it. That is frustrating. Like you know, like that's naturally frustrating. That I think everyone can agree, if they were in that position, they'd be like, mm, I wish there was something I could do. But you also have to be a good teammate to the guy who's been behind you all season long and has supported you, and now he's playing better than you have. I think that that, and I think Kenny Pickett sees that. I think the Steelers see that, and that's why I don't think that there's some big issue in the Steelers locker room right now. Everyone knows what Mason's doing. Everyone's, you know, is giving him credit for it. And I think that it's it, it's it's helping the locker room kind of move together. And I think even how the quarterback room's handling it, I asked Pat Frymuth about this, and he was just like, yeah, they've been great together all season. The quarterback room talking about whether it was Mitch, Mason, or Kenny starting. Um, all three of them have been supportive of each other. Um, you know, I know people during the, uh, the, the Bengals game were, were looking up clips or pulling out screenshots of when Kenny Pickett just didn't look happy on the on the sideline at the at the end of the game but then if you looked at other screenshots you saw him talk you know talking to mason you saw him help and, it's, and during the seahawks you saw him helping helping out talking and being engaged on the sidelines that's just it, i think it's 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 just a it's a narrative that's not true if you try to say that kenny pickett hates or is is down on mason he you know sure there's frustrations there but right now they are you know they i think that that is a quarterback room that understands what the situation is and is just dealing with what they can 
Yeah, I mean, you could have certain feelings on the situation, but once you set in foot into that building, um, you have to be a pro and you have to be a good teammate. I, I, I do think, you know, 90% of the players in that locker room, Chris, um, understand that and go about their business, um, you know, in the right way. And, you know, you can let your agent handle all the business stuff. You know, he can mm -hmm. reach out to the GM. Uh, but once you set foot in that building and you're having meetings with, with all of your teammates, yeah, you got to be a good pro. And uh, I haven't seen anything or heard from anyone that, that Kenny hasn't been a pro throughout this whole, um, you know, injury that he's had here for the last month or so. Absolutely. I want to talk about the guys that are the newest pros in the teams. And those are the rookies because they're a big topic of conversation as far as how good they how good they've been and how how they've contributed. Whether it was the first round pick in Broderick Jones or Joey Porter Jr., Keanu Benton, or even Nick Herbig, this has been a big class. We'll talk about their contributions and what they've done going into the Steelers' last regular season game here in the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. Great for the bottle, Chris Carter. But first, I want to remind you this show is also brought to you by Savitas Kane and Gallucci. Their message through the element and his bestest lawyers with over eighty five years of experience. Call them now for a free consultation. That's Savitas Kane and Gallucci. Also brought to you by GameTime.co, the website that you need to go to if you want to buy tickets to your favorite events without the process being stressful. GameTime is the fast and easy way to buy tickets to all your sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. Whether you're trying, if you're running up to, a, to an event at the last minute and you're thinking, I didn't get tickets because I'm trying to save money, well, don't trust scalpers on the street and you can get better prices than, than the ticket booth by going to GameTime. It's an app you can download right to your phone and you can look up all the prices that, that, that are available for your event and also see what the view is from your seats. So you're not getting scammed out of, your, out of good prices uh, by, by thinking that you're getting just good prices from a from a scalper but you're also getting better prices than what you'll get get at the ticket booth and that's where game time is a big asset because i've used game time and i've, I've been able to see okay these are my options i'm gonna go with this one and game time promises you to get the best prices every single time and if you find uh, tickets in the same section and row for less somewhere else that are cheaper you can you can uh, get that i get 110 percent credit back back from game time between the the price of uh, the difference in those prices uh, of the tickets that, that that are that are there snag the tickets off the stress mm -hmm. with game time download the game to map create an account and use code pitt pit for twenty dollars off your purchase or go to their website gametime.co terms of conditions apply create an account and redeem code pitt pit for twenty dollars off download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed with threats to our nation waiting around every corner adaptability is more important than ever when conditions change without notice Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. We're back here in the North Shore Drive podcast, Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, Chris Carter, Ray Filippato. Ray, we got to talk about this rookie class. Um, as it stands, I believe the Steelers will announce at some point today the uh, rookie of the year uh, that, they, that, uh, that, that that is going to be named here. But let's talk about this rookie class. There was a lot of excitement 
going into it. A lot of people said, you know, the Steelers knocked their their draft grade out. Heck, I said it. I think the I thought their draft their draft class was very strong with a lot of players that I had ranked very high. But from Broderick Jones to Joey Porter Jr. to Keanu Benton, Darnell Washington, Nick Nick Herbie, especially those top five guys right there. When you talk talk about them, all of them have contributed a lot this season as far as starts, playing time, and uh, and be, being on the field. Nick Herbie bringing a big splash play of a sack fumble and a recovered fumble uh, that gave the Steelers a chance to go up by two possessions late in the fourth quarter against the Seahawks. Joey Porter Jr. has become the team's top cornerback, while Broderick Jones has become a power run blocker. And Keanu Benton has been a reliable starter and powerful force in the middle of the defensive line. If you look at this group, who do you feel has had the biggest impact of all of, of, that, of that group of guys? Yeah, Chris, I mean, I, I agree. I think it's shaping up is a really strong rookie class, almost rivaling what 2017 was. Now, I don't mm. want to saddle this group with the expectations of that because T.J. Watt was the first-round pick in that class, and Juju was a productive player for a long time. But this has a chance to to really be a foundational class for, for Omar Khan and for Andy Weidel in, in what they want to do. And, um, you know, I – I don't know if they win that football game in Seattle if Nick Herbig doesn't make that play. Um, that was a back-and-forth football game. And it was. Somebody needed to create a turnover. Seattle couldn't do it, but the, the Steelers did. And, you know, Herbig beat a double team, stripped it, sacked him, and recovered it. I mean, that was like that was like a, you know, a, a trifecta there. Um, having said that, obviously, if I had to pick one guy to, to win – Rookie of the year it would be Joey Porter, and you know I, I think there have been times since he was inserted into the starting lineup that he shadowed the other team's best receiver and has done a good job when he's been given that role. Um, and that's not to to lessen anything that Broderick Jones dad I has done. I mean, I saw highlights from the Seahawks game; he was out there pancaking people. Uh, Keanu Benton has had his moments too, but when I look at the totality of it and mm -hmm. the importance of that position and you know, the fact that they needed, you know, him to step up there and to, to be a factor, he's done that. So my vote would go for Joey Porter Jr. I hear that. And I, I agree. Joey Porter Jr. has been phenomenal. And, and <coughs> his, his playing at cornerback is a reason why Patrick Peterson is able to go play safety right now. Because at the start of the season, they, remember, they weren't starting Joey Porter Jr. It was Levi Wallace and Patrick Peterson on the outside. And then Joey Porter Jr. would come off the bench. And everyone's was like, when is going to be his time? When is going to be his time? Well, his time's here. And he's delivering. And, you know, maybe he could have done it sooner. But I, I don't think you, you it can be doubted that, you know, the, the Steelers' development had something to do with him being – uh, you know, be, being successful as he has been. And sure, DK Metcalf got the best of him a few times on, on Sunday. But at the end of the game, when the game was on the line, the Seahawks trying to get in the end zone, they targeted Joey Porter Jr. twice. Once he knocked the ball away, the second time he pinned Metcalf to the sideline and it did hit his hands. But it, I think even if it hit it, even if he brought that pass in, he would have been out of bounds because the coverage had pressed him so well. So I think Joey Porter Jr. has certainly played up to the level. But like you said, Herbig with a big play in that game. Broderick Jones with several pancakes throughout throughout the game. And you've seen his presence be part of the Steelers' surge in, in the in the run game as, as a whole. If you go back to, I think it was November, when he became the full-time starter uh, on, on, the, on the offense at, at right tackle, I think it was against the Titans was his first game. They had... Five straight games of over 130 yards rushing. It took a that took a toll a bit in the uh, against the Patriots and, and the Colts. But since then, they had 113 against the Bengals, 202 against the Seahawks. That is now what 
six out of seven, nine. Uh, six six out of nine games we have over 100 yard, yards yards rushing that's what this team wanted to be and he i think he's been a big part of that it's not just him it's the offensive line as a whole but his presence I think has, has helped a lot on the offensive line and helps balance a lot of other things out. And that's something that Chooks wasn't doing. Chooks could be an adequate pass blocker, but he was not a road grader who could just move people the way that Broderick Jones does in the run game. And then Keanu Benton, who he's become a force in the middle part of the defense where teams, you know, he's he's getting pressures up, up the middle. He's stopping the run. He's kind of becoming that new physical presence. And I think he's very much part of the new era that they want to develop behind Cam Hayward. And they, they know and respect Cam Hayward. He's, he's the captain and soul of the team. But, uh, that, you know, but right now, Keanu Benton, he's, he might be the the best defensive defensive lineman they have right now, just as far as play wise and how they performed over the past month or so. Yeah, and this doesn't happen every year. You know, Mike Tomlin was asked about Herbig's play specifically in, in the post game after the Seahawks, and uh, he said he he obviously acknowledged the play as a huge play in that football game, but he also tied it into the other guys. And he says we've got a lot of rookies on the come, and I, I think this is going to be a very um, uh, you know, exciting class for Steelers fans to follow um, into the future. Obviously, Joey Porter Jr. is going to be uh, uh, a guy who's penciled into the lineup as a starter for a long time. Same with Broderick Jones. And I think Nick Herbig has a chance. I know Watt and uh, Highsmith are under long-term contracts, but I could see him being like a top reserve, a guy who gets 20 to 25 snaps next season just because he is so – impactful when he does get in there. And when the guy is like that, when he has that um, work ethic, like a young Alex Highsmith, Herbig is like that. So I, I could yeah. see his role growing and I could see him becoming a bigger part of this defense in 2024 as well. Absolutely. And, and that's the thing is that you're getting those guys. And this is also a class that some people deemed Corey Trice, a seventh round pick as the steal of, of this class because he was projected by many to be a third round pick and then he fell so far and he got injured in training camp if the Steelers can get him to even just be a solid number two or number three cornerback for this class a seventh round pick that gives them depth at a position that they need depth at um I have no doubt that they're going to probably look for a second cornerback either in the draft or in free agency or both um you know but 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 at the same time, if Corey Trice can give you an answer there, that could help solve the problems, and, and you could have a situation where you got young cornerbacks, you know, on rookie deals for the next four seasons. That'd be a really good situation to have if you're the, if you're the Steelers defense. Yeah, I mean, I, I I hope Corey Trice works out, but he does have a long injury history, so they do have to take that into consideration. So mm -hmm. I'm I'm with you uh, this off season, whether it's through free agency or through the draft, they have to get somebody else to pair um, with Joey Porter for the long term. Um, you know, I wrote about this last week. I don't know that Patrick Peterson is back at a $9.7 million cap hit. I think if he's back, they probably extend him and maybe he, you know, come becomes a safety um, on more of a full-time basis, um, you know, given the, the uncertainty at that position too with Keanu Neal and Demonte KZ. So there's a lot to talk about after the season, but, yeah, I'm with you. I, I hope Trice turns into the type of player that they thought he was going to be. But, the, you know, the fact that he's going to be coming off an ACL, you can't really count on a guy like that. I, absolutely. Um, I do agree with that stance there. But 
The Steelers have have just a few more days before they play the Baltimore Ravens. We'll keep you updated to about, about that and their chances to make the playoffs here in the North Shore Drive podcast, the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, and all the work here. Read, read all of Ray's work as well as Jerry, Jerry Dulax and Brian Batko's all their work from the facility at post-gazette.com where we're keeping you up to date with all things here. We got one more episode we'll be bringing out on Friday. I believe we're going to be doing the Accrisure Fan Advantage uh, because it's a Saturday game. We'll be doing that all in all in one uh, with our opponent expert talking about the Ravens here on the North Shore Drive podcast. From Chris Carter, Ray Fittipato, thanks for tuning in to the North Shore Drive podcast. Remember, we're every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, sometimes Saturdays here uh, from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette's podcasting channel. And we'll get you here on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoyed. Subscribe to this channel for all of our daily content that comes out from all of our different sports writers across the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. We'll see you here Friday right here on the North Shore Drive podcast. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. If you watch this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our channel. For all the sports coverage from the Post-Gazette that we have to offer, visit post-gazette.com.